the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number two underway now, eight minutes past the clock. Good news for you. We are guest-free in hour number two this morning. That means, no, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to take that back. I forgot we got confirmation right before we came on the air. I'm going to talk with John Stover at 1035. John Stover is uh, one of the leaders of Ohio Value Voters. They have a slate of school board candidates for Northeast Ohio that you need to support tomorrow if you support parents' rights and education rather than indoctrination and teachers' unions uh, deciding how they can ruin your children's self-esteem and how they can put your children in danger in restroom, locker room, shower room, et cetera, et cetera, facilities. All of this is so extraordinarily important. School boards have gone radical. they become tools of the teachers' union, and we need to take the school boards back. Tomorrow is when you go to vote. So John Stover will be with us at 1035. So my apologies uh, for forgetting that. But it does mean I have time for your phone calls now in this half hour at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Let me go back, if I may, to the first hour and uh, a story that I began to tell you about and give you just a little bit more depth on it now. As you know, virtually every aspect of our society right now, when it comes to ideology, when it comes to uh, governmental policy, when it comes to comedy, literally, comedians, when it comes to, uh, you know, our culture, it's all being influenced and touched by race in, in very terrible ways, quite frankly, uh, including obviously critical race theory and more. Now, critical race theory is being advanced by organizations 
Uh, like and individuals like Ibram X. Kendi. Critical race theory essentially posits that if you are a person with darker skin, you are perpetually a victim in this racist society called America. If you are a person with lighter skin, you are perpetually an oppressor. You are. You always will be. You can't change it. It's in your DNA, but we need you to denounce it, and we need you to actively give away things that you have to people who are their perpetual victims. In a very, very tight nutshell, that's critical race theory. And children, white kids, are made to feel terrible for what they look like because of things that they are told that they represent because of, of eons gone by. So having said that, Ibram X. Kendi, as I told you in the first hour, is one of the leading proponents of critical race theory. He is the author of books on uh, uh, what's called um, uh, anti-racism, which means not because, of course, anti-racism sounds like a positive thing, of course, right? I mean, who supports racism? Nobody I know. So being an anti-racist would mean you're against racism. That's good, right? No, except that's not what it means. Anti-racism doesn't mean just opposing racism. Anti-racism means you have to actively denounce and harm white people in order to benefit people of color. That's anti-racism. So Ibram X. Kendi has long been arguing about the systemically racist society that is geared toward benefiting white people. And that white privilege is a thing, and white privilege must be wiped out. The only way to wipe out white privilege is to harm whites. It's just that simple. Now, Ibram X. Kendi, who lectures about this, he's actually a professor at Boston University and an author. He writes about this. He thought that he would add to his uh, his cause by tweeting out over the weekend. Uh, actually, it was on Friday, late Friday. He tweeted out um, some comments about a study. Now, the study indicates that more than a third of white students applying to colleges lie on their applications. About what? About their grade point average? About their extracurriculars? No, they lie about their race. In other words, they do what Elizabeth Warren did. She lied about being a Native American in order to help her career and to help her get uh, positions in school, to get jobs, etc. She lied about her status as a Native American. She's one 1,024th Native American. To give you an example of that, or a comparison of that, my wife, who is as white as white can be, is one-eighth Cherokee. Do you think she's ever put it on a job application? Think my daughter has ever used that on her College applications are my son, because they are indeed far, 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 far more Native American than Elizabeth Warren. No, they haven't. But Liz Warren did, and according to this this study, more than a third of white colleges are. They're making themselves minorities, either Native American or Hispanic or African American. That's what they're putting on their, on their college applications, which begs the question, why? Well, Ibram X. Kendi tweeted the following. More than a third of white students lied about their race on college applications, and about half of them lied about being Native American. More than three-fourths of those who lied about their race were accepted. Now, he wanted to use this as a means of explaining and expanding and growing the myth of white privilege. Look at these white students lying about what they are in order to get accepted, and, and it working. They're getting accepted. He thinks that helps the cause. What does it really prove? It proves that there is black privilege in America, and it's pervasive. You don't see black students lying about their race 
and putting white on their applications, thinking it's going to help them get accepted. You don't see white students lying on job applications, or excuse me, you don't see black students lying about, on job applications about being white so that they can get jobs. But you see white people claiming minority status all the time. Why? Because of minority privilege. Let me give you an example. Real world, personal. My daughter's a junior in college right now. When she was a junior in high school, I started searching for available apl- or, or, or uh, scholarship opportunities for her. As should everybody, by the way, particularly if you have a higher performing student in their high school grades. But there is a lot of scholarship money out there on the local level. A lot of it. A lot of local scholarships, philanthropic organizations, civic-minded organizations, businesses, fraternal organizations and clubs. I mean, they're everywhere. There's a lot of money out there to be had. Just, just you know, uh, uh, corporations offering scholarships, right? So doing my due diligence, I worked with my daughter and hunted college scholarship opportunities for her as a junior in high school and as a senior in high school. And what I'm going to tell you is reality and firsthand experience. There were periods of time during those searches that I wished my daughter was a minority because I ran into scholarship after scholarship after scholarship that she met every criterion for grade point average, ACT scores, um, philanthropic work. Extracurriculars, leadership positions, all of the things that, that you know they look for in scholarships. And then when you get to the end of it, this scholarship reserved for black, uh, Hispanic, or indigenous persons of color, BIPOC. These scholarships were all set aside, and I'm talking scores of them for minorities. My daughter met all of the criteria, but she was literally discriminated against because of her white skin. Which is why what Ibram X. Kendi here sought to prove is the exact opposite. He thought he sought to prove that white people were benefiting from pretending to be uh, uh, Native Native American or African American, and that makes makes it uh, white privilege, when in fact it's the opposite. They had to pretend to be a person of color in order to get accepted. I'll ask you this. Think about this since we're on the issue. In our culture, and if you are, if you are a biracial person and, and you can prove me wrong on this, please call me. 216-901-0945. But when is the last time you saw a biracial person identify themselves as white? Think about that for a moment. When is the last time a biracial person, that means they have a white parent and, a, and an African-American parent, when is the last time you saw them say, I'm white? The answer is likely never. Because they almost always, to my knowledge, and again, if I'm wrong, I'll admit it and I'll, I'll retract. Somebody can show me. The former president of the United States, number 44, had a white parent, and a black parent. What did Barack Obama refer to himself as? He's, he's, he's a black man. I talked about Colin Kaepernick in the first hour. Colin Kaepernick is biracial. He, of course, refers to himself as a discriminated against and oppressed black man. When is the last time you saw a biracial person disavow their blackness by saying, I'm white? 
And I'm talking about the ones who actually declare one or the other. Some will just say, I'm biracial. Great. But you know what there's not on most forms that you fill out for our applications and uh, 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 job, job applications, college applications, et cetera, et cetera, surveys? Most of the time, you're going to see a box for black, a box for white, a box for Hispanic, a box for, uh, you know, um, trying to think what, what other, uh, 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 I think the Pacific Islander, I think is one. You're going to see all of these different, you don't see any boxes that say a little of both or a little of this and a little of that. There's no biracial box. You have to pick one or the other if you're, if you're a biracial person, black or white. Nobody picks white. If white privilege exists, why aren't people who are half black, half white by parental um, race, a black parent and a white parent, why aren't they disavowing their blackness and checking white? Well, that would be terrible to disavow your blackness. But they all have no problem with disavowing their whiteness. Barack Obama was raised by his white mother. His, his black father was gone. And yet it's blackness that he identifies as. Colin Kaepernick was raised by two white adopted par- adoptive parents. He disavows their whiteness and his half-whiteness by birth, by biology, and embraces his blackness. If white privilege is a thing, why do people, when given the choice of saying, I'm white or I'm black, why do they not choose that privilege that comes with whiteness? Could it be because whiteness isn't privileged? Could it be because when my daughter was applying for her scholarships, her whiteness cost her those scholarships? Would it be because, as Ibram X. Kendi said, more than a third of white college applicants lied and pretended to be people of color in order to get accepted because they knew that would increase their chances. This is why it is so critical to oppose and stop critical race theory and its, uh, its uh, lessons, and I'm trying to think of the word, uh, but it's ancillary uh, lessons from being in, uh, in public schools. We have to stop it. We have to kill it. We have to crush it. Whether it's called critical, critical race theory or whether it's called something else, if the lessons are similar to what is taught in critical race theory, it is very, very damaging. Damaging to the individual students, damaging to the culture as a whole, period. This ridiculous notion that, if you have, that you can't get along in this country unless you're white is just completely shaken to its foundation when you recognize people who are white actually pretend to be people of color in order to advance. 216 We'll take some calls right after this. Okay, it's 1024. Let's take a call or two here. Let's go to TJ in Cleveland. TJ, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, my brother and sister-in-law a couple of years ago had a genetic thing done. And, you know, well, we're like 99% uh, you know, Eastern European. But right. there was like a 1% Nigerian in there. So I'm thinking if I'm in the working world today, I would check the block as a black female. And when I got called <laughs> in for an interview, of course, they're going to question this. And I'd just simply tell them, look. I have the gene genetic test behind me. I, I am what I think I am. I think I'm a female. And in America now, you cannot question uh, gender choice anymore. And if you discriminate against me, well, I'm going to sue you. And, you know, as far as the NFL goes, it is a racist organization. 
Very few whites, no Asians, no American Indians. I mean, isn't that kind of like racist? <laughs> uh, well, seriously, or you look at the NBA, the lack of whites, Asians, American Indians. Isn't that kind of racist? I mean, well, in modern well, America? No, equity doesn't count. Equity doesn't count if the underrepresented, underrepresented race is white. Equity doesn't count if the underrepresented religion is Christian. Equity doesn't count if the underrepresented sex is male. That's the reality of it. Equity doesn't count if the uh, underrepresented sex or, uh, or uh, um, sexual preference is, is straight. Then equity doesn't count. If, however, one of those minority groups in each of those individual demographics is underrepresented, then it's we need to achieve equity. We have to have an equal number of people of each of these races, sexes, uh, sexual orientations, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, the, that's, of course, the double standard the left has created, TJ. Yeah, well, that's, that, that is the truth there. I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I don't know, Bob. I, maybe we ought to just start doing this stuff, I mean, you know, with applications and, and kind of show... How, how stupid and crazy this stuff is. Well, it uh, is stupid and crazy. I completely agree with that, my friend. And, uh, and, and, you know, here's, and, and I like your idea. I wish people would do it, and I wish they would go in there like Project Veritas and have a hidden camera. Uh, put it on your lapel or put it on your button of your suit jacket or whatever. And I want to see a guy like you walk into a place and say, I identify as an, <laughs> as a, as a black female. I've got the 90, or excuse me, the, uh, 23 and me, uh, genetic testing to show that I've got Nigerian in me. It's that part of my blood that I rep, that I rep represent. Uh, I am Nigerian, I, i.e. African and American. Uh, and I feel like a female. This is, this is my status. Are you going to hire me or are you going to discriminate against me? I want that right. to happen so bad, TJ. And you think the ACLU would stand up for me? <laughs> of course not. But you want to know why? Because 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 they will indeed be the hypocrites uh, that the that that the left always is. They will indeed say, "Nope, you're a straight white male. We're not fooled for a second. Now, a straight white male can go ahead and put a dress on and go into a skirt and sodomize a girl, uh, and in Loudoun County, and the school can cover that up, and that's okay. They'll recognize him as being a non-binary or an actual female. They get to use whatever they want, whatever private facilities they want. But they'll look at you, TJ, and say, "Nope, double." standard in effect yeah and I tell, i'd have a tough time keeping a straight face in the interview too <laughs> so. well, why you should if they if you laugh during it just say no i'm well, not you're making right. a mockery of this at, I if i laughed at be suing me for discrimination <laughs> so i'd have to keep a straight that's probably face. true dj thanks for the call my friend i appreciate it i want somebody to do that somebody project veritas that will you please in fact john marcy Contact Project Veritas and ask them if this is in the works. I want a perfect, I want a bearded, thickly muscled, maybe crew cut white male who's got actual, uh, evidence of their, of their, of their, um, uh, ethnicity going back generations to prove that they have a certain amount of uh, person of color blood, for lack of a better way of saying it. You know, he said he had some Nigerian. I've told you my family's got, my wife's side anyway, has got a lot of Cherokee Indian. That's got a little bit, and I want you to go in there and say, I identify as a, a black male or a black female or whatever. I want to see that so badly. Project Veritas, there's your new assignment.
You've done golden work already in exposing the uh, big pharma shot or, or uh, profit jabbers. You've done a great job on that. Now it's time to expose uh, the woke left for their and their and the LGBTQ XYZ community uh, for being the hypocrites that they are. By the way, quick note: I made this announcement on Facebook yesterday. I have decided I'm not hiding it any longer. I am identifying now as LGBFJB. And I'm very proud of that. I am LGBFJB. And if you don't know what that stands for, look it up. I'll be right back. Tell you what, you better be awake tomorrow when it's time to head to the polls, particularly particularly if you live in a school district in which the school board is devoted to wokeness. They're woke, you're awake. There's a difference. And um, we've got a lot of work to do to change the leadership in these school districts that are literally determining the future of the cities in which you live, of the counties in which you live, of the state, and quite frankly, this, the future of this country. If you believe that the children are the future, and of course, how can you not, then you need to make sure your children are being educated and not indoctrinated with woke theory. And that's, uh, that's why these school board positions are so important. One of the organizations that has been sounding the alarm literally for several months now and trying to convince parents who are awake and parents who are concerned and parents who are devoted to education to challenge school board members that are supported by teachers' unions and supported in their wokeness literally for months. And now it all comes to a head tomorrow. And there are several school board candidates in some very important districts and races that we want to shine a spotlight on now. So joining me now is one of the leaders of that organization, John Stover from Ohio Value Voters, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. John, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Bob. Thank you for uh, covering this important issue uh, regarding tomorrow's election. Well, we've been talking about it for a long time. We were trying to get people to uh, pull their petitions to run for their local school boards before that deadline earlier this fall and, and trying to get as many people as possible out there to, uh, to understand what's at stake here. And you guys, as I say, you've just been warriors for what is right here at Ohio Value Voters, and, and now you're continuing uh, that aspect by, by putting out a slate of school board candidates at a number of Northeast Ohio districts that you support, and you want people to go out there and vote for tomorrow before we start talking about those individuals john stover let's talk about what what is at stake here um you write on the website that the school boards uh in in northeast ohio and these candidates that you support oppose critical race theory as well as comprehensive sexuality education and social emotional learning tell me more about those well, you know, Bob, these uh, individuals that we have listed, uh, and I would urge your listeners to go to org, and once you pull that website up, right in the middle, you'll be able to click on the uh, candidates list, and uh, we uh, 
you know, unfortunately, our organization does not have the staffing to uh, look at every single school district in the state of Ohio, which is over 600. But we are looking at a number in Northeast Ohio. And these individuals that you'll find that we are are uh, urging um, people to vote for in these communities, these are individuals that many of them we've uh, met with personally, uh, those that have contacted us and said, hey, do you know what's going on in our school district? And uh, these these people have said, look, you know, we want to take back our school districts. We want to, uh, you know, want to do our part to see to it that uh, the children in these districts are, are not, as you stated earlier, Bob, being indoctrinated with critical race theory, uh, comprehensive sex education, and the social-emotional learning. This is, um, you know, a uh, great importance to uh, people of these communities. And I would urge the um, listeners to go to our website now. I would also state that another important website for listeners to go to is protectohiochildren.net. Protectohiochildren.net. This is where you'll find our uh, indoctrination map where we are able to list all 600-plus school districts and whether we've had anyone at all contact our organization, almost the type of Project Veritas where you know, we a whistleblower will contact us and say, look, this is what we have found, and we post the evidence out there on that website. Well, that is extraordinarily important, no doubt about it. We're talking with John Stover with Ohio Value Voters, and uh, that's great information. By the way, I reached for my mute button uh, a couple of moments ago before I sneezed. If I didn't reach it in time, I want to excuse myself. I apologize. I don't know if that came over the air or not. Uh, So my apologies for interrupting you with that. John, um, let's talk about some of the names here, and let's talk about some of the specific districts in which you guys have uh, identified uh, very important candidates that are going to go out there and do what we talked about and do everything you just said and support education over all of these very dangerous, disruptive, and divisive theories that you mentioned here. And uh, if you want to start um, alphabetically, I suppose we can start in Bay Village. Well, yes, we have uh, a number of, uh, we have uh, three candidates there, a uh, Glenn Gilly, a Paul O'Phil and Christina Duck in Bay Village. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, very important. I'm looking at the list. They, these names, by the way, these are on the actual website, right? I mean, I, I'm looking at it from an email because I'm on your email list with the High Value Voters. Are all of these names on the website for people to look at before they go and cast their votes? Yes, they are. all the names are there under OhioValueVoters.org and uh you know, I'm sorry. I was looking at uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn is the uh, those three names that I. I, I was going to come to uh, that. I see. There's a couple of B's on here, and I was starting with Bay only because, uh, like I said, alphabetically. But I saw the the names that you read were from Brooklyn, and we'll 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 correct that in a second here. But they are all on the website, right? OhioValueVoters.org. Yes, every single one of the individuals <clears throat> that we have spoken to personally, you'll find they're on our website. And, uh, you know, better yet, let me, uh, let me go to the uh, communities, if that's all right, Bob. We'll uh, sure. just discuss the communities in which people can go to. And uh, we have uh, Bay Village, Berea, Brunswick, Chagrin Falls, Chardon, Mayfield, North Royalton, Parma, Rocky River, and Strongsville. And um, and again, I'll just I'll just go ahead because I want people to be familiar with the names that we are talking about in Bay. There is Casey Alt, Dave Jones, and John Taylor, and I have this in front of me, uh, so we can we can roll with that. Chardon, there is Todd Albright and Gina Payne. These are people again that John just pointed out that Ohio Values voters spoke with personally, so vetted, if you will, uh, and uh, and and is giving their full and total endorsement. If we can borrow President Trump's phrase, uh, <laughs> Chagrin Falls, Aaron Gooch, Mandy. 
Andy Hilston and Megan McCain are the individuals. That's interesting. Or McLean. I beg your pardon. Megan McLean. McLean. I believe there's yeah. an L in there. Yeah, I want to get that get that uh, in there. Mayfield City Schools support Benjamin Stokem when you go tomorrow, and Brian Belfour, Belf, Belfour or Belf, Belfour. I think it's just Belfour. Uh, and I'm having a hard time reading some of this. I apologize. Rocky River, we talked to Peter Corrigan, and we talked to uh, Chuck Barchi, uh, Barchi and uh, uh, Lori Rouser as well. Uh, who else do we have here? Um, sorry, I'm having a... North Royalton, you have Jeremiah Sawyer and Lisa Shuck. Strongsville, you have Sharon Kilbane and Haley Stovsick, if I'm saying that one correctly. Um, and I'm having a hard time because some of the... Uh, uh, print is very small on this so i'm not able to see all of them but john did you want to add anybody else to that yeah no the uh you know i would once again just so that there's no question as to who your mm-hmm. listeners bob should be uh supporting you know go out there take a look at the list print it off and um you take know it with you. whether you're voting yeah take it with you whether you're voting absentee or you're going to the polls you know these are the people that um you know have expressed a uh, genuine desire to you know, get back to uh, what uh, our educators uh, should be should be doing, and that is educating children and uh, not indoctrinating them with this uh, material of uh, CRT, CSE, and social emotional learning. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, Berea, Steve Dockman, and Larry Gabbard. I was able to pull that one up as well, uh, and I think this is Brooklyn, Glenn Gilly, Paul Offhill, Christina. Uh, if I'm saying that one correctly. So, yeah, like John said, please take a look at the at the website and also protectohiochildren.net. That's extraordinarily important here because what we are doing, John, this isn't about politics for us and for you. And I'll let you speak to that yourself. You know, a lot of people will say this is take this slate to the um, uh, to the uh, uh, ballot box with you uh, because it's going to enhance and grow political power. This is not about political power. This is simply about returning education to education and giving a parent a say and some information and knowledge about what's being taught to their kids and how their kids are being treated in school. And I don't think that's politics. I think that's just, you know, simple common sense and, and something parents are entitled to, right? No, you're absolutely right, Bob. Uh, once again, going to protectohiochildren.net, you'll, uh, listeners can pull up the heat map and take a look at the districts that uh, we've identified that once again, is, is teaching this, these harmful uh, indoctrination elements to uh, the children in the classroom. And, you know, one of the things I find interesting, Bob, is that uh, with all of the uh, reporting that we're doing relative to the state of Ohio in these districts, um, there's not been one administrator, not one, not been one superintendent, not been one school board member that has ever contacted our organization and says, you know what? You need to pull that off of your website because we're not teaching it. That pretty much tells you that, uh, you know, silence is uh, Mm -hmm. certainly indicates here that uh, it's being taught. And, uh, you know, we have people that once again contact our organization before we put anything out there and we verify the material. And um, then we identify it on the heat map as being a district that that, uh, parents should be concerned with. You know what's really important here, too, John Stover of Ohio Value Voters? I spoke with um, Jonathan Broadbent about this from with ProtectOhioChildren.net about two weeks ago. Um, regardless of whether it's, you know, there's a, a unit of learning that is called critical race theory 
or they just use the tenets of critical race theory in and mix it in with other lessons. That's kind of how they get around Mm -hmm. teaching it without actually having it acknowledged as being taught. That's kind of one of their workarounds. The only way parents can be sure... That there, that this isn't being taught kind of in a shadow manner, like I'm talking about, is to again demand to see the curriculum ahead of time. And according to right. on the protectohiochildren.net website, John Stover, it's codified in the Ohio Revised Code that parents have the right, right to see all of this, regardless of whether you know critical race theory is being taught by name or not. That's exactly right, Bob, and that's one of the things we have urged uh, parents to uh, to do. Uh, basically, you know, I had a situation in uh, the Rocky River School District, and this was probably about two and a half, three months ago, where a uh, parent called me and says, you know, I went to the, uh, the school district, and they would not provide me the material. They said it's going to take us uh, seven, eight weeks. The specific language and uh, the uh, Ohio Revised Code is 3313.60, Section G, Parents have the right to go to the uh, school board and request that it be provided immediately. It's not, uh, you know, six to seven weeks, but immediately all material, whatever it might be, video, written, um, could be teacher's notes, et cetera, they have a right to what their child is being taught. This also applies to a legal guardian, by the way. So a, a parent or legal guardian, they have that right. Yeah, I was I was blown away when I read the language that it is as clear as it is, John Stover. Uh, it, it's not ambiguous. It's not something they can debate. It's not something where a superintendent or a principal or a teacher can say, no, you don't have the right to see our lesson plans and our notes and our this and our that. It abso- We absolutely do. Parents absolutely do. And as you say, legal guardians, it's right there in a high revised code. And I'll advise people to do what you just said about voting tomorrow, You know, printing it out and taking the names with you in your district. Print out Ohio Revised Code 3313.60 from the ProtectOhioChildren.net website. Know it. And and the next time you have a question about what your kid is being taught, whether they've come home and expressed something that is concerning to you, or you just want to get out ahead of it, you you contact your principal slash teacher and you tell them, here it is. And you show it to them if you need to when you go and see them. I have the right and you are obligated to provide this to me immediately and before it is taught to or handed out to my child. Bob, you're absolutely 100% correct. And in the Rocky River situation, I urge the parent to do just that, print it out, take it to the school board president, and uh, basically state that uh, here's a copy of the law in the state of Ohio. You're in direct violation of it. And uh, the next step, will uh, I'll have to contact my uh, personal attorney. And lo and behold, the uh, district provided the information within an immediate uh, time frame. John Stover, uh, Ohio Value Voters, thank you so much for what you do, what Diane, your wife, does, what everybody who is a, a volunteer with that important organization does, and, and obviously for getting these names out there. In all of these Northeast Ohio districts, for your school board representatives, please go to Ohio, Ohio Value Voters website, the Ohio Value Voters website, ohiovaluevoters.org. It's just as simple as that. Uh, print out that list of the uh, candidates that actually support education, not indoctrination. Take it with you tomorrow to the polls and, and elect these, uh, these educators rather than those political imposters who are sitting on the board right now. John Stover, thank you so much for everything you do, and thanks for coming on this morning. 
And Bob, thank you, and uh, you know, thank you for covering this right before the election tomorrow. Absolutely, and I'll do it tomorrow morning too as people head to the polls. Thank you, John. All right, that's John Stover. It's ten fifty-one, so we'll take a time out here, a final one, and come back. I'm going to hit this again hard tomorrow. Bay Village, Berea, Brooklyn, Brunswick, Chagrin Falls, Chardon, Mayfield, Manor, North Royalton, Palmer, Rocky River, Strongsville, all of those covered. And I'll tell you another one in Lorain County where I live. You ready for this one? You have to write in this candidate, but he's a candidate. And he is needed desperately on the school board at Illyria Public Schools. You know who the write-in candidate you have to support is if you are an Illyria voter? His name is Len Hauser. That's right. Len Hauser. You may recognize the name. Len is a great, great guy and a great advocate for children. And he needs to be on the school board in Illyria. If you don't write in the name Len Hauser tomorrow, you are missing the boat in a great opportunity for the kids of the Illyria School District. So let's add that one to this list. 1051, time out. Right back after this. Ten fifty six, wrapping it up on AM fourteen twenty. The uh, the answer for this Monday. Let's go to uh, Bay Village. Diane, you're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Good morning. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Uh, earlier in your show, you said you have to get out and vote if you want to replace these bozos that are in office. Okay. Well, here's the thing. On a trailer uh, under Newsmax program, it said that somebody has already come out and said with the Virginia election for governor, that it might be until Friday before they know the election, the, the results, because of the ma- uh, mail-in ballot, the counting of that. So the fraud and corruption is already starting to surface again. You know what I find very interesting, and I'm glad you brought it up, Diane, and I thank you for the phone call. It, there is a reason to be concerned about f- potential fraud and corruption in the Virginia race, which is so very important, and elsewhere. I saw something today that I find very interesting. It was this morning as I was preparing for the show, and it was a push for voters to slow vote, conservative voters to slow vote. In your races, whether it be a gubernatorial race, a congressional race, you know there's a big congressional race in District 11 to replace Marsha Fudge, who's up there screwing around in the uh, in the Biden administration with a bunch of the, the rest of the lackeys up there. Um, but Laverne Gore is a Republican candidate who's running against Chantel Brown, who's the Democrat, and Laverne Gore is a super solid African-American conservative woman who needs your support. So there are very big races in addition to the school boards as well. But the slow vote push was was being made. And the slow vote push means this. Vote as late in the day as you can. Get in line for your at your precinct as late as you can on Election Day. And while you're voting, take your time at the machine, at the box, at the whatever it is that wherever it is that you vote. Take your time. Make the results come in later and later and later because of the lo- the longer wait time that people have. Once you're in line, even if the uh, deadline is hit, you you still get to vote. And the reason why is it makes it harder for the Democrats to know how to cheat. 
If all of your votes are cast in a timely manner and they know that they're down by 4,000 votes or 7,000 votes or 300 votes or whatever, they know how much time or how many votes that they need to flip, switch, find, or whatever so that they can announce at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, oh, a late push for Democrat candidate X overtakes the lead by, by the Republican candidate. Don't give them that chance. Don't let them know how many they need. Slow vote your way to try to even things out. We'll talk more tomorrow on Election Day. Much time or how many votes that they need to flip, switch, find, or whatever so that they can announce at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Oh, a late push for Democrat candidate X overtakes the lead by, by the Republican candidate. Don't give them that chance. Don't let them know how many they need. Slow vote your way to try to even things out. We'll talk more tomorrow on Election Day. Be well. We'll see you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.